presence of God transforms lives and heals hearts. Let's learn today truths on how we can access His presence and release heaven into our daily lives. Welcome to Manifest His Presence with your host, Dr. Candace Smithyman. Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Adam, and uh, today this message is a very, I believe, very practical one that uh, will encourage and benefit you know each of us wherever we're at and whatever's going on. So let's go to the Lord in prayer before we get into this. Father, I thank you for today, and I thank you for your word to encourage us, to uh, remind us of who you are and and to tell us whose we are. We're yours, and we thank you for the opportunity you give us to surrender our lives to your son, Jesus Christ, and it's through him we get a relationship. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit presence that is here every day, every moment, to uh, encourage us, to comfort us, to uh, convict us. We thank you, Father. And we look forward to this, Father, and we thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. So, I'm going to be focusing on our emotional condition, and I'm going to be sharing some biblical truths to help us understand that whatever, you know, whatever you're focusing on, whatever you are saying to yourself is is the determining factor on what will happen on the outside of what you're going to project to the world. And I don't think enough has been done in Christianity to teach us about how critical this understanding is on how we emulate the very kingdom of God that we have inside of us. See, I think, folks, when we can understand that your emotional state, your emotional condition is a extremely critical component in determining how each of us operate. In fact, I'll go so far as to consent to say that I contend that is even more important than your intelligent quotient, than your intelligent, than your IQ. And this is why many of us that may not consider themselves to be, you know, we might not say I'm that smart or I'm not that intelligent. That's why you need to listen up. Uh, and I also think those that are, you know, have high IQs and, and are smart and are intelligent need to listen up because What you're going to hear is some real biblical truth in what we're going to be sharing today. And even though someone may be, you know, very book smart, they may have like kind of these 50 pound brain people, the rocket scientist type of people. I think if you're, you know, if if you're not that type of person, you can have a greater impact on lives and the lives of other regardless of how book smart you are or how good you're at regurgitating or remembering things. I mean, for instance, let me just say this. I know a lot of people that are very good at quoting the Bible and can remember a lot of Bible scriptures and verses without having the Bible open. But you know what else I've noticed about a lot of people is they can't walk that walk that they talk. They can't do it at all. And on the flip side, I find some people that can't even come close to, you know, being able to regurgitate scripture. Actually living out a far closer to the scriptural life than those that can quote scripture. And I'm not saying it's everybody, but I'm just saying I've I've noticed that in my life. 
So I'm, I'm just trying to let you know, you can have quite an impact regardless of, you know, where you stand in the spectrum of smartness, of intelligent quotient. And I'm going to be looking at the importance of how we interact with others and how we relate to others and trust others. But you can't get to that level until you've mastered your own personal, you know, importance or personal understanding of yourself. So I got a couple of questions for you. This is how we're going to start this. Okay, here's a question. Did Jesus tell us that things were going to get better or worse? Remember when he's talking to this, right? Now, what I found is the world, for the most part, will tell you things are going to get better. But Jesus said, said worse. Now, here's the question for you. I'll give you a multiple choice. Did Jesus say either, here's A, here's A choice. You should just hang your head and complain and be bummed that you're living now. Did Jesus, or did Jesus say this? B, B option is rejoice because you live now and walk tall because redemption is coming. Or here's option C. Did he say hunker down because you are saved and review the book of Daniel and Revelation and wait for the, for the return of Jesus? In other words, wait for the rapture. Right? Does, and here's another question. Does the Bible teach that when circumstances come up and create pressure, problems, stress, chaos, and crisis, that A, you can't help but be upset, B, it doesn't matter what goes on in the world because your state is independent of circumstances, or C, just go to church and it will all work out. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, what he said was in both of those, the answer, the correct answer would be B. Jesus taught rejoice now because you're living right now and walk tall because redemption is coming. He also says it doesn't matter what goes on in the world because being a Christian, it's independent of your circumstances. Because what the world teaches all of us, whether you realize this or not, is it says you can't help but be an emotional basket case because anyone would be upset, nervous, shaken, or stressed out with what's going on. But folks, what the Bible can clearly teaches is it says a Christian is not just anybody, but you are now a new supernatural creature. Now, here's the reality. You may not be living up to that. You, you may not even be looking like that. And maybe up until this very moment, you may not even have realized what you are. But folks, God didn't tell us we are to be dependent on the circumstances in our lives. He told us, in fact, the opposite. Look at Luke chapter 21, verse 6. Jesus is speaking here and he says, These things which you see will be destroyed, and the days will come when not a stone will be left upon a stone. He's talking about how the temple's going to collapse, right? And then in verse 19 of Luke 21, Jesus says, In your patience possess ye your souls. Another version, that was the King James Version, another version of verse 19 says, by your endurance, you will gain your lives. I, I hope you understand the message that Jesus is saying. He's telling us that you don't own, right? I mean, he says, what he's saying is you do own what's going on on the inside of you. Don't let somebody else or the enemy own it. Don't let the Satan own how you're going to respond to events. Now, a lot of things are extremely concerning in the world, no doubt. And you may be one of these people that are so nervous with what's going on in the world. You may be very anxious. 
you know, a worrier. We know people, you may be one of these people that is constantly worrying about everything that goes on in your lives. And here's the sad truth. What is going on right now in the world does not create your emotional state. It only magnifies the pattern you have chose to already live with and it reflects in, and reflects in your everyday activities and beliefs. That really gets down to this, folks. Many of us don't live by faith. We live by fear. And I'm talking about the type of person that has a low stress tolerance or a very low stability tolerance. The type of person where if their schedule gets disrupted or the household gets disrupted or the workplace gets disrupted or the nation gets disrupted, they freak out when they're not in control and don't know what's going to happen. Does, does this make sense? Do you know what I'm talking about? This is a very real issue. And I, I'm talking about things that I, I believe this will really help you today so please pay attention. And the first thing we got to do whenever there's an issue is we have to acknowledge that there's an issue in order to fix it. If you continue to deny there, this is an issue for you, then you're not going to change. You're going to continue to be a worrier. You continue to live in anxious. You're going to continue to live in fear. And then your responses will be based on fear. Just look at what happened these last three years with COVID. Need I say more? Look at all the churches that fell for it and closed. Look at all the people that followed and thought they were, so they wore masks. And then what happened is you were ordered to wear masks. You had, and then it turned into ordered to take a so-called vaccine that we, the studies prove was not even close to what they told us it was. This is very real, folks. And see, what I'm getting at is the circumstances around COVID did not create your emotional outburst. It just magnified the already common emotional state you had been living with prior to that. If you're always fearful, scared of the worst outcome, always thinking negative thoughts, etc., almost everything from your perspective is going to literally blow up and therefore you freak out. Why? Well, folks, if you're honest, it's because that's been your pattern you've been living with your whole life. And events that they just magnify the pattern you've already been showing your whole life. They don't create your response. So, well, what can you do about Is there anything you can do about this? Here's what you've got to get from what I'm talking about today. If you get nothing else today, this is what you should get. That you must take 100% responsibility for the emotional state you are in. Now, I I don't believe that's a profound statement. In fact, I think a lot of us already know this. But what happens is many, if not all of us, have surrendered the power of control over each of our emotional states to an outside force, which in turn holds us hostage to that condition. The reality is you could say that we are slaves to that Condition. We're, if the condition's fear, then you're a slave to fear. Did, did you hear that? Is that making sense? And that's why I say you must take 100% responsibility for everything you are thinking, saying, seeing, feeling, doing. You have got to refuse to surrender the option of your feelings or your thinking to any force outside of your control. 
Now, let me ask you this. Is that what the world teaches us? Well, I contend it's not even close because the world teaches that everyone else is responsible for what goes on in you or they're the reason you do what you do. That can be summarized as many people are, and they believe, many people believe they're victims of life, that they're not responsible for anything. And in fact, many deserve, believe they deserve a handout. Many believe they're entitled. Okay, is this making sense? Are you, are you starting to smell what I'm cooking here? Folks, this is the truth right here. You, are, you either own 100% of you or you leave the door open for an outside influence to come into your soul and influence you. Now, I, I realize that right now some of you are probably thinking, well, what about God? Well, let me remind you, folks, that God is the one who put us in control. We're not robots, are we? He gave us a free will. He wants us to choose the right way to live, not the wrong way to live. He wants us to choose life and not death. See, here's the deal. Here's something I, I've observed. Most Christians, I'm going to say this, majority of Christians do not know that if you don't do what you're supposed to do, God will not do what he is capable of doing. <laughs> Here it is, folks. If you entertain fear, then you have tied God's hands because God says, I have not given you a spirit of fear. I've given you a spirit of faith. In other words, folks, if you entertain a spirit of fear, you have just compromised God's provision. Because God did not give you a spirit of fear, you decided to take a spirit of fear, which is death. And furthermore, if the kingdom of God is on the inside of us, well, what does that mean then? Because are you aware that the kingdom of God is not tangible, it's not flesh and blood, it's not meat or drink, the Bible says, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy, right? Romans 14, 17 says that. It says, for the kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. You know, I've, I've done this, and I, I know so many have, where we've done things. We've always gone, we wonder, well, where is God? Where is he? We'll say things like, if we could just find God, right? Where is he? Where are you, Lord? I made that mistake myself. Because certain times I step back and I notice what things I'll say, like, I'll say this. This is what I'm getting at, that we have got to watch what our words, because words mean things. They have meanings. We'll say things like, the anointing is coming down, like it's coming down from heaven, right? And we almost make the mistake, like God is out there somewhere. But folks, the entire revelation of the New Testament that Jesus brings why it's a superior covenant to the old covenant, the Old Testament, right? It's a better covenant with better promises is what Jesus did for us is God is not out there anymore. He's inside of us. You and I, we're the temple now. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 says, Paul's writing this and he goes, what? Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which God gave you? 
You're not your own anymore, but you're his and you have the temple. Folks, what this simply means is that if the Holy Ghost is in us and the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy. Folks, then where are righteousness, peace and joy? I mean, this may seem so simple, but we miss it. I mean, is righteousness, peace, and joy on TV? Is it in the, in the online, on the internet? Is it in the bar? Is it at the clubs? Is it in the gyms? You know where it is? According to scripture, if you're a Christian, this is what you're supposed to believe. It's in you. It's in each one of us if we've submitted ourselves to Jesus as Lord and Savior. So what I'm getting at is if you do not go inside of you where the Holy Ghost resides, you go without. Folks, as Christians from the very onset of being born again, we are to live by faith in everything we do. And the reality is, folks, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17. And that is, that's scriptural, that's accurate. But here's the other thing. I don't think it's complete. We can't just not say that. Because you know what else? We're taught, don't go by our feelings. I go by what the word says. And that is also accurate, but it's not complete. See, this is what, what I'm getting at is that almost all of the faith teachings divorces feelings from the experience or the phenomenon of faith. And what this does is it robs us of a challenge or an opportunity that can determine whether or not you're in the spirit or in the natural or whether you're in the kingdom or not in the kingdom. Because what are the ingredients of the kingdom, right? We just read that. The kingdom of God is not meat nor drink. The ingredients are righteousness, peace, and joy, right? That comes with the Holy Spirit. And where does the Holy Spirit reside? inside of us. Now, here's the deal. We, I don't know about you. I don't think any of us, I don't know how to feel righteous, but we do know that when we have a clear conscience and our heart is clean before God, right? Give us clean hands and a pure heart, right? When that happens to us, right? You have a sense of release. Like, the baggage, like when you repent, you're like cleansed. You're like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. Like a baggage, like a, a weight has been released. So righteousness is not based on what you do, but by faith on what Christ did for us. It's not based on how you feel. Okay? Now, the next part is also important because here's the deal. Here's what we got to realize. Tell me if you can, how can you demonstrate if you have, that you have peace if you can't sense it? Tell me, how can one know if you have joy if you don't look like you have joy? Folks, what I'm trying to explain, I don't know if I'm doing a good job, but what I'm trying to explain is two-thirds of the kingdom state, right? Righteousness, peace, and joy. So peace and joy, these two-thirds of it, are a state of being, which is sensed, and that comes out of the position you have in the anointing, or if we call it 
righteousness. You have this position of righteousness because of what Jesus did, and then you display peace and joy. So we ought to be able to tap into the kingdom of God anytime you need it because two-thirds of it, peace and joy, is a sensory phenomenon. You sense it. You feel it. Now, I, I get what I'm saying here. might really have some of your head spinning. You might be wondering now. I mean, how, how does somebody know if another person is living in the spirit or not? You can tell by whether they are walking in the state of kingdom. Jesus said, this gospel of the kingdom is going to be preached in all the world. Now, what I'm getting at here is not just the gospel of how to get your name in the Lamb's book of life so you stay out of hell. And that's accurate. That's part of the kingdom. Salvation is part of the kingdom, but it's not complete. It's the entryway. It's the beginning point. See, if we're talking about the kingdom of God, then Christians need to demonstrate a king's dominion right here on earth. Demonstrated. How do you demonstrate it? By his presence within us who are not affected by things outside because they're established on unshakable things on the inside, which is righteousness, peace, and joy. Folks, if the Spirit of God is in you, then you do not have to go outside to get God. If you're born again already, you initially have to do that, but not after you're born again. And if you, if you claim you're born again, then you're part of the God's kingdom and you're a kingdom person, then all you need to remember is that God wants you in the spirit. God wants you living in the spirit and surrendering your will to the Holy Spirit so that God's will be done. And folks, two-thirds of the kingdom of God, right, this is it, right, that lives inside of us, peace and joy, is a state, is right, which is accessed by one-third of the kingdom, which is righteousness. That gives you a position, a standing. You're righteous because of what Jesus did, and because you're righteous because of what Jesus did, then you can display peace and joy because that's what the Holy Spirit is. <laughs> Meaning if you're walking in righteousness, you have access to peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Holy camoles, did you hear that? Are you getting that? Are you finally tasting what I'm at cooking, or are you spitting it out? Peace and joy are so important because they will enable you to make it all through the issues that go on in our days. So how long does it take to go from a state of doubt, anxiety, fear, anger, nervousness, worry, into the kingdom state? You know how long it takes? A blink of an eye. That's what I titled this today, A Blink of an Eye. Here's the deal, folks. It doesn't take hours of fasting, hours of worship, right? Notes from your favorite preacher's teaching that you gotta have. It doesn't take the time to find the perfect anointed church or ministry. I mean, folks, let's, let's get real. Let's use some examples from the Bible. What are you going to do when they throw you in prison and you don't have any of your favorite Christian CDs? <laughs> How are you going to make it? I mean, is it making sense? Do you, 
Do you get it? I mean, Paul, did Paul have Christian songs playing while he's in prison? Did John take any Christian songs with him on the island of Patmos? Folks, you have to have access to something on the inside of you that you have always. And folks, here's the reality. You can access the kingdom of God in a blink of an eye. If you're born again, you have that access. And you do this anytime you notice you're not in that state. If all of a sudden these thoughts and fears are coming on you, (laughs) folks, you got to ask yourself this. What is it that you wait for to get access to the transition into the kingdom-minded state? I would contend, here's here's what I would contend and how I would answer that based on what I've seen. That many, many, I'm saying a majority, a vast majority of Christians I've watched and know would say or have been conditioned that they would have to wait to be in a church setting or to get around a leader, a so-called Christian leader. I would take that one step further saying, I think many say it can only come on Sunday because they can't get it when they go to work on Monday. Some would say that they can't get it without the proper music. Others would say they can't get it around their family. Folks, I'm going to say this again because it's what the scriptures say. If the kingdom of God is within you, you can go within whenever you need to, because if you don't go within you, you will go without. You don't have to wait, folks. It's available right now. If you're born again, this is the, and here's the question. Do you believe that? It's true. I have enough experience with this that I would not be surprised if you are wondering right now if you believe what I'm saying or not. I believe right now there's, because I've seen this with many people and I've got a lot of testimonies of people talking to me about when I tell them this. I think right now your soul is having a hard time with this or you might be getting uncomfortable. You know what I think about that? I think that's great because I want this to make you uncomfortable and keep your attention. I want you to go to God with this then if you're doubting this. Folks, if Christ is in us and we are living by his strength and grace, then it's not about you. It's about him. I think the real question is, are you in Christ when your emotions are out of Christ? Because if Christ is in you, then you are alive in your spirit. Paul talked about this in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 24. The scriptures say, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Okay. So what Paul did here, he lists all the bad stuff. He gives a lot of examples of bad stuff. Then he lists a lot of good stuff. Then he said, God has already deprived the flesh of its power over you. So if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. 
In other words, if your spirit man, your spirit woman is regenerated, you're born again, and Christ is living in there now, a part of you is new. It was changed. So if that's true, then let us also walk in that new change. Let us walk in the spirit. Walk in your spirit and you won't fulfill the lusts of your flesh. Hello, bingo. Folks, learn how to locate your spirit and walk there. Don't walk in your flesh. Walk in the new creation, the new part of you. Live in that new creation. Make that your journey every day, to live in that new creation, that new born again place. Because if you really are a supernatural being, then start walking out of the strength of that spirit life and not just visiting it every now and then. Learn to live there and don't come out of that place of righteousness, peace, and joy of that anointing. Learn to bring your mind, will, and emotions, your soul, and your flesh under the discipline of walking in the Spirit until you become immovable, unshakable, capable of demonstrating the kingdom of God when all other kingdoms around you are shaking while your kingdom stands fast. And how will somebody know that? Want to know how? Because when they look at you, you don't look like a normal, fearful person. You're going to look like a city that's sitting on a hill shining brightly, right? A cracked vase, right? A lot of issues with you, but that has a beautiful light coming out of you that others are going to be drawn to that light. See, when people suffer from uncertainty, they look for something they can believe in. And the very sad reality amongst Christianity is we are guilty of having more to believe in than we've believed. Folks, God uses the benefit of pressures to shape us into vessels that can carry and model the reality of what we already got. (laughs) Folks, see, when people look at you, they should be able to do a scan and get an impression of what God is like. I mean, if you're going to be wearing the, all the Jesus stuff, putting stickers on your car about your church and all this stuff. I mean, I don't, our level of understanding is so juvenile and immature. I hope you're hearing this. I hope this is making sense to you. I mean, we've got to grasp the time we have here is an opportunity about the the intrigue of the gospel is established by the environment you and I create. What, what I'm kind of getting at is when we are with people that don't know Jesus, right? They've, they've, the atheists or the, the unbelievers or those that might never have heard of Jesus, you don't have to evangelize on the front end in order to make an impact. This is that saying I said, right? Uh, if preach the gospel in all situations and if necessary, use words. I guess, folks, I guess how you make, never forget how you make somebody feel. In other words, because as a Christian, we carry the power of righteousness, peace, and joy within us, which in turn would mean our behavior will be congruent or will have integrity with righteousness then. Oh boy. And that person we engage with ought to feel the touch of something that will so engage them that it's different than the touch of any other agenda on earth. 
I mean, let's think of something like, like, I bet you a lot of us have an intention to bless someone, okay? That's one of the things we should be doing as a Christian, right? Well, reminder, folks, that God anoints his people with favor, so therefore, you already have something that separates you from others, which implies that we Christians are called to our assignment, which is to change, we're called to be change agents, Right? And therefore, we already have a greater impact in the environment we're entering because as we go into a satanic environment or we go into any area, you're going to be disrupting that area because all of that around you, you've got this light where there's darkness. And all the while, we're challenged by what is going on inside of our minds. There's this internal dialogue inside of us all the time, which is about the self. But you know what it should be? It should be about God. And right then, when you notice that, that's when you need to go, wait, hold on. I'm always focusing on me. I need to be focusing on God. See, if we can make our intention when we are with other people to shift higher to a God conscience, for instance, of not wanting to initially get something from somebody or try to manipulate them or impress them, but instead we deposit a seed in that moment that will bless them and be something unselfish and unmanipulated. And if you are in that state, then what you say goes into that person and that area in a different level than in a most usual interactions. See, I don't think it's finally time we we mature enough to walk in the spirit if we're really living. Don't, I mean, we've got to mature to this. We've got to acknowledge it first so we realize that, okay, I got to change more. I just, aren't you tired of this? Don't you want to grow up in this and get this better? Understand, if you hit that obstinate state, like right now, you could be getting ticked at me. Well, here's the deal. You may have hit a demonic spirit and you don't allow that spirit, what you got to do is don't allow that spirit to dictate your condition. You got to cast that out in the name of Jesus. All the Satan has to do is distract us and boom, we surrender. We cave in. What am I talking about? Things like, right, the kids are yelling, right? The phone is ringing. The dog next door is barking. Or if the, the preacher says one thing you don't agree with, you get stuck on that one disagreement and you don't hear anything else after that. Folks, that's an opportunity to grow up, redirect our focus from fear to doing exploits. We've got to stop living in fear. We've got to do exploits for the kingdom of God. Focus on what, God, what does God have you on this planet to do? What is your purpose for the next event in your day? That is what we need to remember over and over and say that over and over when events are crashing in all around you. Now, I want to end this today with a word of encouragement from the Word of God. And it's from uh, the book of Daniel. It's near the end of the book of Daniel, chapter 11, verse 32. And Daniel says, But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. I'm telling you, folks, focus, our focus, will determine the direction we're going to move in. And I'm telling you, if you know God, then repent if you haven't focused on him because that's what we're supposed to be doing. I think it'd be a great journey to go down that, that, that journey of focusing on God more than we do. God bless you all and have a great day. Thank you for joining Dr. Candice for today's podcast. 
For more resources and weekly prophetic words direct in your email box, go to our website at www.candacesmithyman.com, Facebook at Candace Smithyman, or Instagram at Candace Smithyman. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the gospel. Thank you.